Welcome to Whatever It Takes Radio, helping you do whatever it takes to succeed in marriage and in life. I'm your host, Paul Speed, and today I'm in the studio with my wife, Jenny. Hello, Jenny. Hey, honey. I'm excited because it's 2018 and we are kicking off a new season of podcasting, season two, and we have many good podcasts in store for our listeners um, well, I'm excited that we're in our new studio. Yeah. Yay. So God has provided a new studio for us this year, and uh, we're really excited about that. It's a uh, office, and so we can have you know our listeners be able to tune into us more often without having to go through all the stress of trying to find and set up everything. So we're really, really grateful. Hmm. Yeah, I'm glad too. So 2017 is behind us. What would you say, um, I guess if you could... Put 2017 in one word. What would you say describe that for us? It was a year of transition. There was a lot of transition as we had to change and move homes several times, just like what I just said about the studio. Uh, just trying to find a place to do our podcast was stressful. And so um, with all the moving, the cancer, all those things going on, it was a real year transition. I did not feel settled in 2017. And so I'm really thrilled, Paul, that um, we are settled now. God has provided a a home for us, an office for whatever it takes, ministries. And so I'm really looking forward to him being able to take the ministry to the next level in 2018. Yeah. Well, will you just update our listeners since you brought up the cancer um, issue since a lot of people do follow us and you get emails um, and text and calls. Um, how's that going and what's the direction on that real quick? Um, just a quick note, I will be going in uh, February, the end of February for my two-year checkup. Uh, I'll be going through another round of treatment because that's part of the checkup at, to Tijuana, Mexico at the Oasis of Hope Cancer Hospital. So I'm really looking forward to that, getting to mark that off my calendar that I've made it through the two years. Uh, God is so good, so grateful. Um, I'm just praising God. Wow. Well, I'm excited and I'm very, very grateful too that God has brought such healing in our lives through that. When I look back over 2017, I see just so many good things that God has done. And one of them is regarding the topic that we're going to be discussing um, today. You know, Jenny, you and I both, when we look back over, we, we talk a lot about the last um, 29 years. Is this our 30th anniversary? Our coming 30th up? anniversary is coming up, March wow. 4th. Wow. Well, when we look back, um, obviously the moral failures there, and it's, it's, it's always been easy to look at and say that was such a major time in our life or uh, so forth. But this last year, the more you and I have discussed it, that's not really been the, the biggest issue, has it? No, it's actually really interesting that um, you had an epiphany this year that really transformed the way you think. Um, it's been amazing to see how just that one area in your life that God like lifted this veil and it has literally changed the way you and I react to one another and respond to one another. And so I'm looking forward to this podcast for you sharing with our listeners that amazing epiphany. Well, you and I were talking about, um, I think we were getting ready for our WIT2 conference, which is a brand new conference we started in 2017 for alumni of our couples intensives. It's kind of like step two, where do you go from there? And um, it was a real powerful time that we had with the couples that attended. And as we were preparing for that and walking through some things, God just began to um, 
lead us in this direction of understanding conflict a little deeper, a little better, and what were some of the roadblocks that were, were hindering us. Because the truth is the moral failure, which was there in the marriage, that wasn't necessarily uh, our biggest issue. It, it's kind of come and gone, and we've done well since that, but we've still had stumbling blocks along the way. Yeah, let me uh, clarify what you meant by come and gone. Not moral failure has come and gone, yeah. <laughs> meaning that moral failure happened in our marriage, and uh, but we got through that. Right. And so, yeah, as you look at our marriage, if I were to uh, have someone come up to me and say, Jenny, what is the number one issue that's caused more frustration, dysfunction, or pain in your marriage? What would you say? And, you know, most people would take a quick, quick glimpse at us and say, oh, it was their, the moral failure, you know, the lying, the dishonesty, the broken trust that came in their marriage. That was their big issue. And what you and I have discovered is that that really wasn't the biggest issue. It was a huge issue. It almost took us out. But there is actually something underneath that that was the biggest issue. It's like, you know, the foundation, the big rock that's under the ground that's causing the foundation to now uh, be shifty or, or, or to crack. And so we didn't understand what was underneath everything that was really the problem. Uh, again, not minimizing the lying, the mistrust, the broken, the betrayal, all those things that happened through the moral failure, not minimizing that at all but recognizing there was something even deeper um, that was was we really needed to see. And God showed you that this year. Right. That's why often I tell men that, you know, dealing with a moral failure, rebuilding trust in the marriage, those are all things that are needed and have to happen. But usually there's something else there. And this year, I think we kind of took that to a whole new level. It's like peeling that onion and it just... You know, we think we've arrived, we think we're good, and then God shows us there's another level. And when you and I got married, um, again, we wanted to be missionaries. Um, we were spiritual. We felt we were very godly. In other words, we didn't have lots of negative influences or bad habits, we thought, and so forth. And even at that time in the area of morality, I was doing fairly well. I would have considered myself a free man and so forth. But very shortly into our marriage, um, conflicts began to come up. In other words, hurts, um, disagreements. Um, letdowns, maybe expectations that weren't met. And this is where things begin to go rocky for you and I. And this is where this epiphany comes in uh, for me is because uh, as we begin to look at that this year, um, I grew up in a home that um, was very quiet. In other words, my, my parents never fought. I never heard my dad raise his voice. And and I liked that. Well, I came out of that relationship or, or that environment and I equated love as being no conflict. In other words, love is not being angry. Love is not raising your voice and so forth. Um, you had a similar type experience growing up, but you came out of that differently. Yeah, I grew up in a home that there was no conflict. It was um, my mother and father never spoke. There was never any conversation. Um, we sat at the dinner table. I was basically an only child because my siblings were so much older than I, 15, 16, and 8 years older than me. And so, you know, I sat at the ta dinner table with my parents, and there was never even a conversation, never a word. And so um, my, my home was very you know, much like yours with no conflict. But it's kind of interesting that you came out of that environment seeing that as being good. I came out of my environment seeing it as being bad because there was just nothing. There was no anything. 
And so I didn't view conflict as being bad. I believe I viewed conflict as being, hey, we've got a opportunity here to work through something. And then, you know, what's interesting also, Paul, is that uh, growing up, going through my own immorality and my junk in my life and all that, and then getting born again at the age of 21, and then um, going off to youth with a mission. One of the key things that I remember, this is like a golden nugget that I heard in youth with a mission when I was going through the discipleship training school, was that don't view conflict as bad. View conflict as an opportunity. And then the next thing that they said was that if you will allow conflict, if you will walk through conflict, you will deepen your relationship. And that was like big for me that I realized that, you know, my parents never walked through conflict. They just didn't, they avoided each other. There was just a, a total avoidance. And so our home was silent. And so I began to set out uh, not to run from conflict and to see conflict as an opportunity to, to deepen, to deepen the relationship. But right. you certainly didn't come into marriage with that thought. <laughs> no, at times I felt you were running toward conflict. Like, well, yeah, I probably was doing that too. <laughs> so, but, but because of that, in other words, the view I had of it, that shaped everything I did. And therefore, the outcome when you and I would encounter a conflict of, of any nature, really, um, I didn't like conflict. I saw it as bad. I saw it as negative. I saw it as a lack of love. Um, I, I saw it as a lack of commitment. In other words, if you're committed to someone, why are you having an argument? Why is there a conflict? Why can't you get along? And because of this, every time you and I would enter into a disagreement or you know, conflict, whatever the degree of that is, um, it, it always went internally to me to there's something wrong here. We are broken. We are defective. We shouldn't be married. There's something majorly wrong here. And because of that, I did what, again, how I had trained myself over the years, I ran from conflict. In other words, I, I saw it as bad, I saw it as evil, I saw it as not good, and that there's something wrong, and therefore you run, you escape, you get out. And of course, when I did that, that would just send you spiraling even more so. Well, and I think, again, for you, conflict meant she doesn't love me. And so, you know, I can go back to the very first conflict we've, we ever had. I know we talk about in some of our podcasts or at our marriage intensives about our, the conflict we had on our honeymoon, you know, and that's a hilarious story as we, we revisit that. But I can even go back before the honeymoon, and it really wasn't a conflict because it was just avoided, okay? It was a potential conflict, but had we walked through it, it would have changed the the trajectory of our marriage. And that was just the little simple incident that happened, Paul. You probably don't even remember this incident that happened when we were preparing for the wedding and we went out flower shopping with the lady that was going to help us um, pick out our flowers for the wedding. I didn't have a mother or a father to help me with the wedding. And so this very generous lady in my church had, had asked, could she come alongside and help me? And so do you remember that incident? You and I Absolutely. were in the flower. I remember you all want, of it. You remember all of it. You want to describe it to our listeners? Well, we were out shopping and, and you invited me to go along. And I thought, why do I need to go along? I don't care about the flowers. Didn't care. You're like, no, no, no. You need to come and pick out your boutonniere and pick out what you and the guys are going to wear. So I end up going to this flower shop with this. There are several women, I think, maybe you and maybe just one of the lady or whoever else was there. But as we're walking through, we kind of 
pass some some flowers and I pick out a, a single rose. It looked nice and I was so I'm like, this is what I want the, the guys to wear. Well, it took about a nanosecond and you and, <laughs> and the lady that was helping you began to express your opinions, which was yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Well, it was just, you know, we're going in there and we wanted to invite you to be a part and so you could feel like you, you know, were involved. And so you go over and these were artificial flowers, they weren't real. And so you picked out this artificial rose that was fully opened. This I don't remember it, being fully it, opened. it was really big. And okay, <laughs> are we gonna have a conflict over this? No, there's no conflict. No. It's been so long, I don't think yeah. either one of us probably absolutely remember, well, but, but it was a single rose. It was a single rose. It was just a very large rose. And so the uh, ladies and I began to say, no, 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 no. That's need not something. what you need. That's, <laughs> That's not, not what, what you, you need. need. That's right. That's it. You need something smaller that isn't fully opened. And, and so it wasn't a conflict because you just shut down and avoided it. I mean, it, there was nothing. And I had no clue. I didn't notice it at all. I, I, I honestly had no clue that I had just offended you. That we had offended you. Totally. It wasn't until years later, in the heat of an argument, you said something about, you know, even before we got married, my opinion wasn't heard. Nobody cared about my opinion. And I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? Had no clue that that had hurt you or that you had felt that you were not listened to or cared for. And so here again, looking back and seeing how we didn't know how to resolve conflict. And so this question, the number one issue that's caused more frustration, dysfunction, and pain in our marriage, the way that I would answer that is it, it wasn't the, the broken trust, the moral failure, any of that. The number one issue that's called more frustration and pain in our marriage has been our inability to resolve conflict in a healthy way, in a healthy way. Um, we, I, I, you know, focus on that word healthy way because I meet couples all the time that in praise be to God, I'm happy for them, but they'll say to me, oh, we don't ever fight. We ha never have conflict. You know, um, I heard a couple say that just recently, a couple of nights ago. They were like, oh, we never argue, we never fight. And I'm like, praise God, I'm happy for them. Very, very happy for them. But then I also wonder, is it because they just avoid conflict? Is there one person in that marriage who feels that they never are heard, that they never get to voice opinion and they just go along with the other one? Because if so, they're not really healthy. Right. Because they, they're avoiding. Yeah. They both may be very healthy and they may be handling it appropriately. In other words, they don't really have the hang up or the issues that we had um, in the area of conflict. And therefore, they are able to walk through it in a healthy way. And therefore, they come out on the other side as if it's not really a conflict. You and I, it was a conflict because we did handle it in such unhealthy ways. And the, the, the hardest part is I didn't understand it. And it wasn't just with you. It was other people I encountered in work environment, sports environment, other areas with friends. It was the same thing. In other words, I should have, as a healthy young man, been able to say, hey, wait a minute, ladies, what's wrong with this one? Why? I like, in other words, and us have a dialogue, a discussion, whatever. Yes. But instead, I get quiet, I internalize it, and then I begin to hear the lies as the enemy takes opportunity and he begins to, to speak to me. See, they don't care about you. Nobody cares about you or... Your opinions don't matter. They're stupid. 
Um, she doesn't love you. It just goes on and on. And then this compounded after months or years in a marriage, it just wreaks havoc in a relationship. So this year, as God began to show me that it's not necessarily that I don't have the ability to handle a conflict, but my view toward conflict and the way I see myself and I see others in that conflict is, is totally wrong. In other words, conflict isn't bad. It's not wrong to have a discussion or not even to have an argument. In other words, to, but to be able to do it in a healthy way to express opinions um, in love and be able to walk through that is good. Yes, I love Michael Hyatt. You and I, um, Paul, both follow him. Michael Hyatt's an amazing speaker. Um, he's really, really good at helping people understand communication and things like that. And so we listen to a lot of podcasts. And one of the things that Michael Hyatt talks about is limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. Beliefs, things that we have believed that are limiting us from going to the next level in our relationships, in our personal life, in our business, our ministry, whatever it is. And so I would say that you had a limiting belief in that the belief that conflict was bad. That was a limiting belief. It put a cap on you. You couldn't go beyond in relationships because anytime conflict began, you immediately saw it as bad. Conflict is bad. We should not have conflict. And so you would say that to me. You would say, you know, why are we even married? Because all we do is fight. And that wasn't true. I was just trying to express something or to, to process verbally at times. But anytime there was any tension, it was bad. It was wrong. My parents never had conflict, uh, is what you would say. My mom and dad didn't have conflict. They didn't fight. Why are we? And so, therefore, conflict is bad. Therefore, our marriage is bad. Mm -hmm. Therefore, she doesn't love me. You know, it just keeps spiraling. Therefore, we need to just not even be married. Why are we married in the first place? Because right. all we do is have conflict. Those words would come out of your mouth. And and, and then, it would be in, in regards to just disagreements about something, not even really a conflict, but just um, different tastes, different beliefs, or different a disagreement over something. And then I would... Um, Again, I would always see that as bad. And because I would internalize it and I didn't know how to process or walk through it in a healthy way, recognizing that conflict is is good. In other words, it, it can be good. Yeah, and it, it can, can sharpen be us. good. It it's can not... make us more committed. It, yeah. can, it can make us be more invested. But and that, I that... saw it completely as negative, totally wrong, totally bad. And therefore, I ran. Absolutely. That is the key is uh, changing your mindset. And viewing that conflict is not always bad, that conflict can be good. If you're willing to walk through conflict, you will deepen your relationship. Right. And so walking through it together in a healthy way has definitely deepened our relationship. So what's an example, um, briefly before we wrap this session up, just because the listeners have heard that, and there may be some of you that are listening going, wow, how do I? And that's really the question I want you to ask yourself. How do you view conflict? And then talk to your spouse about that. Do I see it as good? Do I see it as healthy? What do I see as the negative parts of it? And the more we can understand, the more understanding you better, Jenny, helps me now with my own understanding of myself. But you said the other day, you said conflict's like a, a bull seeing a red flag to you. In other words, like conflict, oh, let's go do this. And I'm like, conflict, let's decide whether we should do it first. In other <laughs> words, 
um, because there's still a part of me that wants to run from most conflicts, period. So, but knowing the way you view conflict and that you do see it as good and healthy and as something to be uh, walked through to deepen a relationship. Uh, well, that well helps I me. don't, yeah, I don't want to make it sound like I just want to create conflict because that's not true. You know, uh, I don't want to create conflict, but I'm just saying that conflict can be bad if it's unresolved. And if there's not humility right. and able to resolve it, but I'm also saying that conflict can be good. It becomes an opportunity to get more understanding into the other person's perspective and the way that they think. It can be an opportunity to deepen that relationship. When you and I walk through a conflict, it forces us to think. It forces us to think about uh, our beliefs, what we're thinking, and then it forces us to think about the other person's belief and where they're coming from, how they're thinking. So therefore, that type conflict is good if we press through it. Um, you know, here's an, uh, you asked for a, um, a recent thing or, or, or how has it example. changed you? In other words, how yeah. has this understanding changed you? Maybe? Well, here's a recent example is in finding a home. You know, we moved to Georgia two years ago. We've been renting. There's been a lot of difficulty with the cancer and all that. And so we finally felt last summer that it was time for us to go ahead and, you know, apply for a mortgage and buy a home because we were paying exorbitant rent. And so we did. And as we started to look for homes, you and I were on totally opposite spectrums. I wanted to be in the country. I wanted a big yard. I wanted, I had visions of planting a garden again, like I had in North Carolina and all this kind of stuff. And you wanted to be in the city and you want, or the suburbs, you want to be in the suburbs, um, closer to the city than I wanted. You did not want a yard at all. Uh, smaller was better. You didn't want to have to cut grass. And I understand that. Um, I didn't want neighbors. I didn't want, I wanted to be able to walk out my door and not see anybody, you know. So we were just in two different areas, um, coming from two different areas. And so this began to cause conflict as we began to look for homes. And you started believing and saying, you know, she doesn't care about me because she doesn't want what I want. And I was saying, he doesn't care about me because he doesn't want what I want. And so finally, I decided to fast. And um, I just went on a three-day fast and said, Lord, will you please um, help us resolve this conflict? We had written down our list of what we wanted, and they just were so opposite. It, it was crazy. And so part of that fast was, I'm going to be honest with the listeners, is that I began praying uh, for God to change your heart. That wasn't the goal of the fast. I'm going to pray for three days and fast for three days and pray and ask God to change Paul's heart. Because surely the things that I want are right. <laughs> and so as I went into that with that mind, you know, perception of that, and uh, God actually totally flipped my mind upside down. And about in the middle of that time, God began to speak to me and say, Jenny, it's not about what you want. It's about what I want. It's not about what you think you need. It's about what I think and I know God this is God speaking, God saying, I, what I know Paul and the girls need. And so in that moment, I just yielded to the Lord and said, wow, God, you are so right. This isn't about me and my wants and my desires and you changing Paul's heart. This is about me desiring what is best for Paul and the girls. And so once I did that and I yielded that, I was able to come back to you and say, Paul, will you please forgive me? Um, I, I, I want what you want. 
And so that's where God's called me to. And so then I was able to jump on board with you, look at your list in full, totally with all my heart, say, let's go find a house that meets your needs and your wants, your desires. And that was an amazing thing for me because I've always been about changing other people to believe the way I believe versus me saying, God, you help me to change, to believe the way you want me to, God, the way you want me to see this. And so as a result of that, we found an amazing house that I would not have chosen on my own, but I followed God and God had me follow you. And wow, how blessed I am. Uh, I'm in a suburb close to the city don't have a big yard, have a very tiny yard, but I love the home that God has provided for us. We have an amazing place with a a beautiful office for the ministry. And I would have missed that had I not been willing to go to God in the midst of the conflict and ask him to give me the right perspective. So I think that's, that's an example where then you and I were able to come together and Uh, It was in conflict, but we began to understand and hear each other and what their desires were. But the first step was getting God's perspective on the conflict. Yeah. And I know for me, this epiphany to myself has has really challenged me internally um, to not be quiet, to not just let things go. Um, And just the other morning, we um, when we were getting up, you were expressing some things um which weren't just light things they were heavy things and i was there was a part of me that was kind of like offended how in the world can she be saying this you know why do we have to start with such a heavy conversation first thing in the morning and so forth (laughs) and there was a part of me kind of like the old part of me that would have just gone completely silent um ignored you it it would have led to greater frustration later and so forth and and even after a little bit you you even asked me said do you have anything to say and there was I hate to say, but in early years of our marriage, I wouldn't have said anything. I would have said no. But instead, where this, where God has challenged me with understanding you better and understanding myself now, seeing conflict as bad, I can tell myself internally, no, Paul, you have to talk. And I said, no, Jenny, this is what I think. And after I said it, you looked at me and you went, wow, well, that makes complete sense. I understand. And, um, you know, I hate that. I hate that I spent so many years not understanding or misunderstanding conflict and seeing mm-hmm. it as bad. Um, but now just being able to see that, you know what? Conflict is not good. I mean, it's not bad. It can be good. It can be beneficial and it can um, help bring great resolution um, into a marriage. Yes. Just going back to that um, example of the house, had you shut down and said, I don't care, get whatever house you want. You know, there was conflict. We both wanted two different things. Right. In the past, you would have just said, forget it. Just, just well, do whatever just you want. Just do what you want. Yeah. Because, and then I would have resented you. For and that. you would have resented me. We would be in a house right now that, you know, I got what I wanted. But there would be resentment. There would be frustration and anger towards each other because... I got what we want, what I wanted, but was the conflict resolved? No, it wasn't resolved. Well, it not in a healthy way. But so I praise God, though, Paul, for you that you didn't back down on what you wanted, and you know because now in the end, this is the perfect place for us. But we would have missed what God had for us had you just backed down because you didn't want conflict, and just handed me what I wanted. 
Right. That was not the answer. Yeah, I think it it causes a lot of maybe missing God's best in our lives. Absolutely. And it it also, um, it causes things to just not be resolved. And that's what you and I have seen a lot, a lot, a lot in our marriages that we've allowed misunderstandings, hurts, disappointments, and so forth, just to go on and on and on, blaming one another, looking at all the reasons to justify ourselves. But the whole point of it was, I didn't understand conflict. I saw it as bad, and therefore I would run from it. And it just caused all the lies to spin in my life. So coming out of this with a, a new understanding that's been so huge for me this year. So I encourage, just want to wrap up and encourage the listeners to take a few minutes and and describe. Describe to your spouse. Think about it. Maybe even pray and ask God. Um, how do I see conflict? Um, what's the background on it? Go back and look for historical times. In other words, what was it like growing up in the family I did? And how did I come out of that viewing conflict or misunderstandings or disagreements? And um, and how is it affecting my current relationships based on how I'm responding in that way? So I encourage you to do so. Well, Jenny, thank you so much um, for this time. Glad to be kicking off 2018 again with our first podcast. And For our listeners, if you've got further questions or want to know more about Whatever It Takes Ministries or how we can help you, please contact us through our website or you can call us at 336-310-5050. And thank you again for joining us today. Until next time, remember, your life can be different if you're willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes.